Looking forward to Survivor with the Autumn Carnival. One man that can help us out trying to pick the place getter in every race is the Fox Catcher's very own and Jules Valance, and he joins us now. Hello to you, Jules. Good morning. G'day, Gaz. How are you? Oh, you'd be excited, wouldn't you, brother? It's it's a cracking day, isn't it? And um, good horses. I think, you know, a really good, hopefully even track and um, may the best horse win with even luck. So now it's our job to try and figure that out of, you know, what horse is going to be advantaged and uh, punt accordingly. Now, we're very lucky to have you because you're a great judge, but I think you get what hunters want with the education, education pod and um, video content that you've provided the punters over the years. And it's mainly looking at markets, how certain tracks play. But I reckon today would have tested you a little bit because it's a little, it's not a usual day of group one racing. When you're heading to Sandown, you've got races on the hillside, the lakeside, you've got the winning post back, you've got shoot racing that we don't usually see, see before. Um, it is going to be an interesting day. Absolutely. Um, it was, it, it's extremely, it just adds another variable as we always speak about racing's got so many and, and this one, just, just another one. But I think probably with it being sort of in that good four range, we expect it probably to be upgraded at some stage um, throughout the day, running on pretty fast tracks. We always know that forward of midfield is the advantage around the circle at lakeside numbers just scream at us that forward of midfield is the advantage. Um, you know, you add also this wind element, Gaz, that is going to be very interesting because it's up to sort of 40 kilometres, even 50 yep. kilometres northerly to begin with. So that's fine because we know that that's a tailwind um, home uh, in the home straight. So tailwind home straight. But at some stage during late afternoon, it completely switches to a southerly, which means then it becomes a headwind into that home straight so that's probably about the time when the Oakley plate will be on which we're coming out of the shoot so that'll be into their faces the whole way so that'll be interesting to see how the jockeys want to play that at that stage because we know once the headwind does come they do try and ride for cover we see at Caulfield coming out of the shoot so often um, they try and sit up a little bit and, and leaders can be disadvantaged there so um it's very, very interesting. Adding to the fact that, you know, there's a bit of irrigation about. We had eight mils yesterday, 42 mils for the week, three mils this morning. Bit of rumour around that maybe lanes one and two might be a little bit softer than the rest of the track. So um, let's just see how that plays out. But we need a starting point of how we think this track's going to play. And I'm always lakeside um, forward of midfield. And even the 1,800-metre hillside races, when it's a dry deck, it does favour forward of midfield. So that's the starting point. After we see a few races, then we can be agile and change if it tells us something else. But right, let's, got yeah. to start somewhere, mate. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think you've got to watch the first couple of races especially. But um, as you pointed out, I think wind can be a factor that punters can struggle with from time to time because if you're betting at a pub on the, difference, um, uh, on the other side of the country, you can't really... You can't really have a feel for the win, can you? And sometimes it can get you from time to time. And I think Perth's always been the perfect example where you think it's a front-running day and then all of a sudden the Fremantle doctor arrives and um, you can't lead and win. So I think you've got to be making sure that you're, you're, you're analysing what's happening throughout the day, especially when you've got predictions of the win getting um, 20 Ks plus, and if it's, get to, if it's getting to 40 Ks, then 
And oh, I've got no doubt it will have a factor today. So let's have a look at the first race. Right, you are. Um, it's around a dollar seventy with most betting shops in the first. You've got um, a horse like Saracen Knight around that four dollar eighty quote. High emotion at seven fifty, and then Vow and Declare at eight fifty. Jules, could you take a dollar seventy? Right, you are. I marked him bang on that a dollar seventy. So we're not trying to actively laying, laying, yeah. but we're not looking after him as well. I mean, he's short enough. But so the key here is you want to see something. With, a lot of these are first up, Bow and Declare, Saracen Knight, you know, Midnight Blue, even High Emotion. You want to see some market support. And this morning we've seen absolutely Gonzo, in particular Saracen Knight, who I thought if the money come for, we could be the one that could possibly beat right you are. But if you want to factor in some market intelligence here uh, to see what these things first up, they're suggesting they probably need the run. Now, that, if that's the case, then the dollar seventy right you are is probably even going to get a little bit shorter, you would think, because um, the percentage is going to continually go down, betting sort of 116, 117, probably end up betting 111, 112. So there's 5% got to go somewhere. And if these other horses are drifting, it's probably going to go into right you are. And look... Yes, his three wins have been in fast run races, and you would expect this will be a very different race shape, being very slow. But he can probably control that Ethan Brown on the minimum still. Uh, he's he's too hard to tip against. I'm not telling anyone to dive into the dollar seventy, but um, market's telling us that there's nothing else there really in the race. So uh, you'd think he'd be mighty hard to beat. All right, mate. Let's have a look at the second race. I'm keen on one here. Shuffle Dancer. I think the wide gate will suit Shuffle Dancer. You get around 340, I think, is the best price that you can get around the country. I don't know what Foxcatch is doing here. Um, a little bit of money around for She's Lickety Split, Laced Up Hills. The WA Philly kept safe. Luke Fernie gave her a good push when I had a chat to him on Giddy Up during the week. Um, and Royal Merchant. I was with the Kira Mar team there. Yesterday, I was having a chat to their data team and they did indicate that there's not too many horses that work like Rural Merchant during the week. Your thoughts there, mate? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it'd be fit. This horse, Rural Merchant, would definitely be fit. Um, she's on the quick seven-day backup. And just for me, you know, look, that camp's elite, so I'm not going to be talking against them, but just felt like it was a uh, end-of-prep run last start and they're going again on the quick seven-day backup. So we're happy to be top price Royal Merchant just to start off there. We're actually actively backing Shuffle Dancer and She's Lickety Split. So they're the two horses we'll be um, backing and we'll be looking after those two horses. We're going to be best priced in the market, laced up heels. We just think we just don't know where she's going to get to from gate 10. Um, probably a, you know not a bad run first up, being wide and just sort of petered out on its run, but just seems a sticky map. And I know Shuffle Dancer's got that kind of gate as well, but... If you look at Shuffle Dancer, she's a big filly. She's got a bit of size about her, and she needed a bit of luck back on the inside at Mooney Valley, which was 35 days ago. Um, but she got it and then exploded through the line, and I liked how that race rated. So where was Shuffle Dancer and she's lickety split, and anything else will win, we probably lose. The third race is a good race. The Mannerism, Group 3 for the Mares. You've got Barb Brader first up around, what, 750 SP owner? Um there's mixed emotions about her, depending on who you talk to. Some want to continue to date her. Others just have had a gut full of SBO and um, a little bit hurt that she continues to not turn up to the dates that you really wanted to turn up to. Chiraffe at 5.50. Um, Torjean for Yendel and the inform. Maddie Williams is the favourite with most shops there at 3.80. Pride of Jenny. 
kept safe. She's had a little bit of support. Best you can get is probably around four twenty, and then Forbidden City around ten dollars. But a competitive race this here, Jules. Yeah, absolutely. Espion is a little bit like the toy you played forever, but you give it to the uh, Salvation Army to let other people play with it because you've had enough of it. So um, it's a little bit tricky. I, I, I spoke about this race and it's it's extremely difficult, small field. I think market was always going to be your best friend. And just this morning, Torrigine's the one that's really tightened up. So again, we want to try and get some market intelligence from these races that we don't really have a guide on because a lot of these horses... First up or out of form, Churas coming off a poor one, even though the first up one was good. She's been spat out by the market, Churas. So if you like her, I think you'll get a better price come race time. Um, but Torrigine, and even just a little bit of specking of pride of Jenny, suggesting she'll probably roll forward from that gate one and try and dictate and might be hard to run down. But from a market perspective, Torrigine and pride of Jenny are the two they want, and they're just about bidding the rest. We'll take a quick break. This is our Sandown preview with Jules Valens, Gareth Hall, Live on winners right across the country on SEN track. And as we go to the break, let's play the grab from Kiramar talking about Pride of Jenny. There's a big chance, as Jules just pointed out, in the mannerism today. I think she's come up very well. Um, hard to do it first up uh, with her racing style, but um, had a good grounding, come up very well, trialled and good. And um, she can sometimes uh, be a bit slow into gear but if she gets the start I would say that's probably a key you know a key thing in her um, you know if she if she gets a flyer from the start I'd say she'd have a really good chance if she doesn't well she'll make it a bit tougher on herself live across Australia on SEN track this is winners with Gareth Hall and Miles Fitzner check out all our tips and previews on the SEN track hub on the SEN app right across the country. Route 1 racing at Sandown today. Now, at the moment, we're on a good four. Overcast conditions. Rain predicted later today. Let's hope it arrives after the race meeting. But as Jules pointed out, Jules Valance, of course, from Foxcatcher with me, previewing this card. The big um, the big weather concern, I guess, for the punters is the wind conditions there today. They're predicting the, the wind to get up to around 40k now northerly in the first part of the meeting and then a suddenly a southerly wind there in the um the second part of the meeting so it'll be crucial just to keep an eye on to see if that does change the pattern in any in any way there at Sandown today um, let's have a look at race number four on the program and this is a good race for the three-year-olds stepping up to the 1800 meters the autumn classic you've got I can't believe this horse seven yaks at this price, $19. Queen of the ball around three seventy. Um, you can get four twenty with some shops. Rich Fortune, who I love, a filly with so much potential, five fifty. It's probably the best price we can get for her. Spacewalk, three forty. And then we go down to recommendation around nine dollars fifty. Um, and then Walson buys at a big price. And down the bottom there, La de Surug is um, at $8.50 with Ethan Brown aboard. How do you analyse this race for the three-year-olds here, Jules? Really tricky race, Gaz. Um, I think Spacewalk will start clear-cut favourite. I know there's probably not much between it and Queen of the Ball at the moment, but I think the way it's trending, I think it does. Gets Jay Carr and, um, you know, that Sydney race last start was pretty good from a time perspective. Last 400, 200, pretty good. So I don't think the market's going to spit it out. 
We know Queen of the Ball will go forward. Rich Fortune's a really interesting one. At Foxcatcher, we, you know, if anyone wants to back it, come to us because we're top price in the market, Rich Fortune, going really well. And Jerome Hunter's absolutely airborne. So, um, you know, 11 from 18, 61% market expectation, 28. So he's exceeding that and you're making plenty of money off him. So probably always just a bet to have. But we're happy just from a map perspective to be against her. Um, recommendation, just haven't been able to lay her. She was 550 early doors Wednesday, now $9. She starts double figures the way it's moving. Um, so if you like her, you'll get a better price. And the bottom one, the 10, usually goes forward and just missed the start last start, but was pretty good through the line, a bit of support for it. But it does set up pretty well for spacewalk, you would think. I didn't really have an opinion. I, I'm interested with you with Sevenac. I just think it's a dead set dry tracker. And I actually liked its performance last start first up in a really high rating race. So um, no support for it yet. Be interested to see what happens sort of at the death. But back to a dry track, I think we'll see a, a better Sevenac. I think Team Hawks are back in a way that they're, they're training. Well, their results have been a lot better over the last six weeks, especially. And um, Sevignac was, what, a closing third to Remark first up there in Sydney. Now, the Remark form is surely good enough for a race like this, Jules. And I know that they're really bullish about his chances today. Oliver rides and Oliver's hungry at the moment. Like, when you try and profile these races, Ollie, like Hawks is his big stable at the moment, Team Hawks. So he's trying to make every post a winner with that team. And I just think that, I can't believe. I think he should be a lot shorter, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah, I mean the remark mine's outstanding. Yeah, last two hundred, two hundred. I think remark might have come home eleven oh two or eleven oh three or something, which you don't see too often on the track. So best of the day by far. So it's a race I think you can follow with a bit of yeah. confidence. Um, you know, you've got to trust this horse. He's one, from, you know, one from seven. So you know, doesn't have a great strike rate, but he's now back into a race which I think he can be mighty competitive in. And, um, yeah, I, I think that price is, is quite big at the moment. Let's let's hear what um, Vin Cox, of course, the Bosca Dolphin, has to say about Pericles because he goes around, of course, in race number five on the program. He's a horse that's looking for further. We did have aspirations possibly to go through the Australian Guineas, but that we think he, we need to stretch him out a bit further. 1800 will suit him. Uh, he, you know, he, he he ran very well in the VRC Derby uh, in the back part of the Spring Carnival uh, after like I think it was his third start or something. Um, so he came up, he got to us a bit quickly then, um, but now he's in his second campaign. Um, we we've got a fairly high opinion of this horse, and, and he's well placed in this race. So I apologise. Seven accidents at his stakes over the 1200 metres, of course. Um, and then you've got race five, which is the Autumn Classic, over the 1,800 metres. So Pericles are, what, $283. Mr. Maestro, 440 I know that Andrew Forsman is really keen on his chances today. And I know our little man, David Taggart, is keen on Mr. Maestro. Hennessy Ladder, around $4.80. You can get $5 with some betting shops. It cost us kept safe for Gay Waterhouse. Um, it's done nothing wrong in the early part of its career as well. And then big prices for the rest headed by um, a horse like um, Susuro for Daniel Moore in the Busset and Young Camp, around 20 to 1, Jules. Yeah, it's a really tricky race here. I mean, I can understand the rap Pericles. I think Cox Plate Day it was heavily supported. So the market must have an opinion of it um, and must be doing something, you know, on, on the bigger guys' ratings. It's You're taking a pretty short price about it, that 2 to 1, even, you know, 280, 290, as you've mentioned, for a horse that's yet to do it, but has got, you know, sort of progression that he, he'll get there eventually. 
Um, 1,400 to 1,800. The 1,400-metre race that sort of a few of these come out of, Mr Maestro and Pericles, is extremely slowly run. I mean, it was one and three quarters slower than the Orr Stakes, which wasn't run at a fast tempo. Um, yeah, they came home, you know, pretty good last 400 to 200. But now getting to 1,800 metres, and it'll just be interesting to see what Acosta does. It'll roll forward and probably lead. And from 11, they might go at a big clip. And when you do that, and you're going from 14 to 18, which is a bit of a jump, um, you need just a bit more conditioning. And whether this will tell on horses like Pericles late will be interesting. But there's no doubt like it would be a horse that I'd love to back third up at 2,000 metres. I think that's when it's going to explode. And maybe this is just another platform run for that. I was I had Mr Maestro and Pericles pretty close together from the market perspective. So Mr Maestro is the one we're looking after at the moment. We're sort of weighing Pericles. We think it's short enough at that price. Um, we we're looking for a different form line, you know, something sort of jumped off the page from a, a country race or somewhere like that, and we just couldn't find it. So uh, really tricky race. A race we're not that keen to play, but at that current price of Pericles, we're happy to let the punters on. Looking forward to the Peter Young over the 1,800 metres. Wait for age group two. The Melbourne Cup champ, um, Gold Trip, you can get around 440 with him. Uh, maybe, well, that's, that's Betfair, of course. With the other betting shops, the best you can get is around 370. Amishri, I reckon this is his day to strike first up, get around 390 is his best price. Then you go down to Shawfire, is an interesting runner at 650 with most shops. Steinem, um, coming off a Perth campaign, she's around 7.5. And then Keats is out to $12. Deny Knowledge is around $19. And Numerian's an interesting runner, about $10. Young Verta, you can get around $16 for that galloper. Your thoughts here, Jules, and the Peter Young? Yeah, really tricky race. I mean, you've yeah. got these quality horses sort of returning from a Melbourne Cup gold trip back to a really dry track. We know that he's, you know, outstanding with them given given the track. Um, if you do like gold trip, what I would say now is don't need to have the bet yet. You're going to get much better than that sort of 340, 350 that's out there in the marketplace. The way it's trending is going to get a little bit bigger. Emerson is the one that's really tightened up sort of from Thursday to Saturday. Um, to now, so there's good support for it. We saw it first up, went heavily over 1,700 metres, but it is coming off a pretty long prep where it won a Geelong Cup and obviously ran second in that uh, Melbourne Cup. Um, I just I, I found this race really tricky. What I will say for the punters is I think the last five minutes, sometimes markets are your best friend, and this is one of those races because I think it'll spit out those horses that they think are not there yet, and it will really zone in on the ones that they think are ready to rock and roll, and um, I don't know what those horses will be, but, or horse in particular, but that last five minutes crucial for the punter. So I just don't think there's any need to get involved right now. It's 9.32. This is Winners and the preview of Sandown. Gareth Hall, Jules Valance with you. We'll take the news as we go to the news. Let's listen to what Kira Ma has to say about the Melbourne Cup champ in gold trip ahead of his first up assignment this campaign in the Peter Young. And then we'll come back after the news and go through the three group ones at Sandown today. Great order. I see they've got him fairly short. Um, I would say uh, I'd be wary there. Uh, yep. He's firm track, 1,800. Um, he is coming on, but, you know, he, he, no doubt he's better with a bit of giving the track and over a bit further. Saturday morning, 
and we're previewing the Group 1 meeting at Sandown. It's the biggest meeting Sandown has ever held. The Blue Diamond, the Oakley played in the Futurity, the last three races. Jules Valance, Gareth Hall with you. Let's have a look at the Blue Diamond. First of all, this is what Vin Cox, the boss of Godolphin, had to say about their unbeaten Colt Barber. Now, he's a winner. Uh, he's a horse that wants to win. And um, and his first run back at that Sandown, I thought, was a, a really a really good win. And, and Jamie Carr said that there was a couple more gears under the bonnet. So um, I think he's in a good spot. Very excited about his prospects. And here's Gay Waterhouse on the unbeaten, the instructor who goes around the Blue Diamond. He, he certainly can. He's a very, very talented two-year-old Colt. I think he's made very steady, good improvement. Enough to win the diamond. And still, City looks tough to beat. She gets the blinkers for the first time, which is an ingredient that seems to be working for the Kira Maher and David used to stable. Here's Kira Maher on the Phillies' chances. Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah, it's been a sort of long-range target for her. She's come down from Sydney. I think the Sydney form is very, very strong. Yeah, I just think of watching her last run, I was keen to try the blinkers on her. Uh, she's had a couple of gallops with them on. Buck Shin uh, was very happy with how she galloped uh, with them on. And, uh, yeah, I'm very happy with the way she's prepped up. 0499-736-736 to join our conversation today here on Winners. Gareth Hall, Jules Valens with you. So, Jules, we just heard from a few of the major players. Barber around $5 for the Blue Diamond. The favourite at the moment is the filly in Steel City. Money around for Brave Halo. A little bit of money around for the instructor today, getting around $10. Little Bros is into nine fifty with some betting shops. How do you read this year's Blue Diamond? Yeah, good race. Um, I usually don't play in two-year-old races. When I say that, I don't play in two-year-old races when I don't see all the form. But I think the Diamond in particular is always a fantastic betting race to play into because you see all the form lines in front and you can make your decision on what you think is the better form line. And I think the better form line this year is the Sydney um, take. And I think Steel City has provided, is just set up perfectly with gate five. Now, I know the Blinkers first time is a great ingredient, but she did half miss it last start in Sydney. And there is that, you know, ability to miss it again with the Blinkers. If she misses it at all here, it's game over for her because instead of sitting, say, fourth or fifth, she ends up probably full back the rail and, um, it's just impossible, really, to win a diamond from that position. So Blakeshin's going to have to be at his best from the gates if he is and gets this filly into that, you know, where I think third or fourth or even fifth, um, sort of around that 1-1. One, one. I think her turn of foot will get her over the line around Lakeside here on uh, today. So actively punting her, marked her shorter than still what the market is. And I know she's been supported in some sort of $5, $5.50, but marked her shorter. So we continually want to be backing her at this current price. Uh, conversely, we're sort of against Barber. He has done nothing wrong. Exactly what Vinkler said. He's done nothing wrong. He is a winner. He chases the line. Exactly what you want for a horse. Um, but we just think the map's a little bit sticky for him. And obviously they've got Jamie Carr to extend that. And I know he's going to be popular, but we're happy to sort of hang him out there. So if anyone wants to have a punt, punt with us, um, and outside of that, it's pretty it's pretty open, to be honest, Gaz, and the market tells us that. Um, you know, Little Bros, Brave Halo, interesting to see what Ollie does from that map. You would think has to go back and find a backside to get into the race, but you never know. Um, the instructor, yeah, we're happy to be top price here. We know it probably sits outside a horse like Party for Two, who are also happy to be top price. Look, it's a tricky race. Everyone's going to have plenty of opinions, but 
we're pretty keen on the filly. All right, then we'll race through these other two races, not race through, yep. but um, we've got on Thunderstruck at 310, Alligator Blood $3, Brightside 480, Aegon 19, My 11, and Nugget around that $6.50 quote. The more I look at this race now, boy, I'm bullish. I think it's the Thunderstruck's day to stand up and say, well, he needs to win this race. He's got the gate. He can settle closer. Um, I think he'll be close enough to Alligator Blood. Car can push the button at the right time, and I think he wins today, Jules. Yeah, many have said this is a boring race. I find this the most interesting race just about of the day because these are, you know, three really quality horses, and then you've got the one down the bottom who's sort of making a stake to be in this grade. Yeah. You're right. Blood lead. Is it going to be just need a half a run short, ready for the All-Star Mile to explode? I'm not too sure. Mr. Brightside has to sit outside Alligator Blood if it is any hope of winning this race. So I expect Williams to sit outside Alligator Blood. I think the scratching of Mr. Mozart is crucial for Iron Thunderstruck because I didn't think it would get the 1-1 with Mr. Mozart and Nugget in the race inside it. I thought they would hold those two spots. Now that Mozart comes out, Nugget probably gets leaders back and Thunderstruck gets the 1-1. You're right. He'll be close enough if good enough. I just think this won't be run at an overly hectic pace, which I think would suit Thunderstruck. And Brightside might just get over the top of Alligator Blood. I'm backing Mr. Brightside, but I'm really excited about this race because they are three quality horses. And I don't think Brightside's as good as Thunderstruck, but you don't have to be sometimes on the day for the conditions and where you're at. And I just think if Craig rides this horse positive outside Blood, might get the march on Thunderstruck. Rocket Horse has been supported in the Oakley Plate at a price. So was Mars Crusader earlier on the week. He's been a little easy late. Then you've got King of Sparta who needs a dry track, gets that today. Um, Johnny Allen probably just needs to find some some of his better form. He's not just not he's probably not riding at his best at the moment, Jay Allen, but you get about ten dollars, King of Sparta. Marine One's at a big price, Uncommon James, around eight dollars fifty. As far as the easing favourite now. At 650, Lofty Strikes had good support. Um, best that you can get for him now is only 750. Chain of Lightning at 850. Um, big price there for shooting for gold. I am me at 760. Star Patrol at $9. Sapateo. Vin Cox gave her a really good push when I had a chat to him on Thursday. And she's currently at that $14 quote. I want to play you a grab from Kira Ma talking about I am me, who's a big chance in uh, the Oakley Plate. This is what Kieran had to say about her chances. With Jamie Carr riding. Yeah, she can. Uh, very happy with her. Faultless preparation uh, so far. Uh, beautiful weight, lovely gait. Jamie's confidence is through the roof. She trialled her. She's galloped her. Uh, likes what she feels. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to the race for her. The best she can get is seven fifty. Jules, what price would you give me? I think she's the better bet of the day. I am me. Um, she'll box seat lead and win the Oakley Plate. Beautiful. You'll be. You'll get best price with us. We're oh, good. Be, I'll take you on to... every day of the week, Jules. <laughs> fantastic. Um, yeah, absolutely. We're we're happy to be top price her to a certain point. I think she's an undeniable chance. But this race is so hot. I mean, you've got five or six. Horses that fit the brief of being sort of 54 kilos or less who are quality horses that I think probably in 18 months' time we'll be talking about, you know, being in TJs and Everest. That's how good I think these horses can be. And they all just sit perfectly for the profile of winning an Oakley Plate. Yeah. Um, I will say best two best-backed horses probably this morning at a, at, a, at a starting point, Lofty Strike and Uncommon James. They're the two that sort of have had 
some pretty good support. In particular, Lofty Strike. He's, um, you know, the way this is trending, he probably starts favourite the way this is moving. Um, Asfur is another one that we're happy to be top price on up to a certain point. Um, but, look, I marked this race around eight fifty nine dollars a field. That's how open it is. But it's such a quality race that um, just really looking forward to it. Uh, there's going to be plenty of uh, action in it, that's for sure. What's your best, Jules? Uh, race two, Shuffle Dancer, mate. I think we can get it there with that mare, um, with Benny Mellon. I think she wins. Little saver, she's lickety split, just to be careful on that, because I think uh, from that inside draw, they might be a little bit positive and, and be hard to run down. But Shuffle Dancer, and then also really keen on Steel City, the filly, to win the Blue Diamond, Gaz. All right, enjoy your day, Fox Catcher. I will. There's Jules Valance previewing Sandow.